0: stand out. I mean, (laughs) that's a a giveaway Hey Victor, I'm James. All right, Victor. (laughs) Nice Nice to meet you. you. Yeah. So, seems like there's a reunion going on. There's always stuff happening here. Always, always. Um, So, we can, uh. Were you considering an outdoor environment? It doesn't matter. Either one. Hi, I'm James. Nice to meet you. Welcome to the Crown City Podcast. I am your host, James Pietro. This is a show from Pasadena, California, that explores all the people and places that make our neighborhoods our home. On this episode, I am proud to welcome two incredible peacemakers in our community, Heavenly Hughes and Victor Hodgson from My Tribe Rise. Recognizing a need in the greater Altadena area for a voice of unity They founded My Tribe Rise in 2019. They have focused on creating positive change by helping others, providing food security, mentorship, advocating for freedom from racial profiling and police violence, and instilling a sense of purpose in those that need it most. They've hosted events like Walking for Peace, community conversations with Serge Altadena, the Brothers Connecting Brothers Retreat, and the Breaking Bread Food Program. On Saturday, June 17th, they are organizing their third annual Dina Juneteenth, 2023 celebration at the Metropolitan Baptist Church at 2283 Fair Oaks Avenue from 1030 a.m. to 430 p.m. All are welcome to this family-friendly event. Heavenly and Victor are powerful examples of rising above challenges, violence, and racism, with the goal of making Dina a place of opportunity and safety for all. So without further delay, my conversation with Heavenly and Victor from My Tribe Rise. Heavenly and Victor, welcome to the podcast. Thank you.
1: Thank you, James, for having us here. We really appreciate it.
0: So what's the history of this park when you guys were growing up? Because you're both from Altadena. Yes. Heavenly Ladies first.
1: Oh, the history for me, this is a place that our family and friends, we came to this park every day, it feels like. We were raised about half a mile down the street from here. I can remember some great memories, birthday parties, family functions. And at that time, this was majority or predominantly black families that were here at that time. And we know that things has changed since in those days back in the 80s, 70s. I was born in the 70s, but we love this park.
2: Yeah, for me, everything heavily said is correct, but also this is also a park where I used to hang out with my homeboys. This park has a lot of rich history here for me. All of it may not be positive, but all of it is also not negative. Hmm. So now we have a community garden that I'm looking at? Actually, not to cut you off, the community yeah. garden always been there. Has it really? It's been there, yeah, since the 80s or maybe early 90s. So that community garden has always been there for a very long time. Some of my friends' family
0: did have a little area over there where they planted vegetables. Awesome.
1: And it's grown yes. now. It's yes. grown since then.
0: So to get us started, you have such incredible backgrounds. Can you tell us just a little bit how you grew up, where you grew up? Well, right now we're in Altadena,
2: California at Loma Alta Park, the lower park that's located between Palm Street and Loma Alta. I actually live right up the street from here, walking distance on Olive and Palm. And the childhood was great. First of all, I come from great parents both of them was motivated. My mom was a spiritual woman, so I had that balance there. My father was a hard worker owned his own business, so I had a business aspect about myself. But some of the choices I made, even though coming from that positivity, when I came out my door, while, what did I see? I saw game bangers as we call tribes today, with tribe meaning, as I like to use the acronym, true, real, intelligent brothers evolving. That's my acronym for tribe. In the early days, man, this Area was known to belong or inhabited by the Crips, the Altadena Block Crips. That is something that I have joined early on, but now I'm a peacemaker in my community, bridging gaps between our so-called rivals. But at this point, I would say I no longer have any rivals. I look at all my brothers and sisters of all races as my brothers and sisters, and we all put here by the Most High. And what we got to do is find balance, learn to get along. And we all got to do it collectively and together because that's how we're going to find peace. Positive energy activates constant elevation.
1: I echo everything that Victor has said. Yes, this was a part that even I, a young lady, a young girl growing up, we saw all the Altadena Black Crips hanging up here. A lot of them was our friends, brothers, family. And but we were a family even then. Even then we were a family, a brotherhood, sisterhood. We loved one another. We, we loved enjoying Loma Alta Park. I also was raised just right down the street from here, born and raised in Altadena. This is what we know. We know Altadena. This is what we experienced.
0: Who were some of your early mentors that had an impact on your, on your lives? For me, I would say my father
2: came over here as an immigrant from Nicaragua, cause I'm, you know, my father's originally from Nicaragua and he built a business and that impacted me to do positive things and be a hard worker and you know, do the things that are encouraged by a father to a son, but somewhere I had took a wrong turn. But that is one of the people that encouraged me and my mother, like I said, being a spiritual woman, that helped me with balance to become the person I am today.
1: I will say that I definitely agree that my mother and father definitely influenced my life to do positive things. I have to say my mother was the president of the Pasadena Unified School District some many years ago. And so I recall her way back then, back in the 80s organizing demonstrations and peace walks. And I remember one time we had the, there was a hot show happening. It was called, What's Happening Now? And we did a demonstration all up and down Loma Alta Palm. It was hundreds of people who had came out and we were all, what's happening now? Peace, P-E-A-C-E. And so that was put into my spirit at a really young age because that's what I saw coming from my parents wanting to bring our, community together wanting to end gun violence, wanting to end police violence, wanting to see these differences come together as
0: one. We're in Altadena. Altadena is a part of you. Is it home? What do you think it means? A-
2: Absolutely, this is home. We love being here. We love just coming out to the parks, hanging out, and engaging with our community. That's why we come back and do things back in our community, like our Peace Walks, our Brothers Connecting Brothers, and things like that. And, you know, in June, we're just starting off June 2023, we're going to have our Juneteenth. So we love doing things here in the community. This is home. I'm always going to come back here.
1: These are the people we know. We were raised with these people. Most of our family friends, even relationships that we have created since we've established my tribe rise. We realize there's so many people that we grew up with. And so we see them as our brothers and sisters this Again, just as Victor said, this is our home. This is where we had, I remember my first job was right here at the Altadena Supermarket, right on Altadena Drive in Lincoln. Everything that I have experienced a part of what has made me who I am comes from breathing the air right here in Altadena.
0: Victor, you sat down with Kev Mac a couple of years ago. You did a two-part series about mm-hmm. kind of your history in Altadena mm-hmm. and the tribes that you were associated with. Mm-hmm. How important is it? that people understand that history of Altadena and Pasadena in like the 1990s that you talk about?
2: Yes, you know, shout out to Kev Mac Videos.
0: I like to thank that brother for giving me a platform to speak.
2: And believe it or not, I believe, well, I guess you can't believe it, that by people coming on his platform, man, he's actually creating friendships amongst various brothers from these various tribes. And I know I have met a lot of brothers from both sides, the red and blue team. And you know once again they're my brothers. In the history here in Altadena for me you know like I said I was part of a tribe and understand that gangbangers don't look at gangbangers as gangbangers we look at each other as family and for some people you could probably even understand maybe a fraternity if you will. We have each other back we are there for one another and we support one another. That brotherhood even though we may have done things negative you could see that brotherhood is so tight now I'm stepping out being an example and try to bring more positivity into that brotherhood.
1: And when I think of the history growing up, I remember even with my father saying to a, to us, stand house, those gang members are outside on the streets or hanging out. And I remember that was a big part of our life is seeing tribe members or gang members out on the street. This was their neighborhood. I remember when we would go down to Pasadena again, and we was raised in Altadena, so I would see all the Altadena Black Crips, but my mom had really close friends down in Pasadena, right at King's Manor Community Village. So I would see the Altadena Black Crips up here and then go down there and see the Pasadena Denver Lanes down there. I felt the tension growing up of these territories being claimed and the rivalry going on. And so I think that as young children boys girls young men and women that's what we knew what was happening and i believe that's even the reason why even for me i'm thankful to see these changes that are happening in our community where it hasn't been mentioned lately but the rivalry has really in my opinion Mm. died down some we don't see all the continued violence and i'll say over these past three or four years I remember a hot spot was right there on Fair Oaks and what's that cross street? Is it Harriet? Like in Harriet. That was a hot spot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And now in and a lot of gang members would hang out right in that area. That's yeah, right in happen- front
2: yeah, right in front of the liquor store. Actually.
1: We're not seeing that now <laughs> and and actually I feel more peace when we walk through our neighborhoods and knowing that this rivalry that we grew up seeing now people are embracing each other as brothers and sisters.
2: Yeah, and I would like to say for the city of Altadena and Pasadena that I'm comfortable enough to say that I no longer think we have a gang problem. I believe we now may see gang issues that may arrive from time to time. It's definitely been a lot more balanced. I've been in contact with my brothers down in Pasadena, and we have had sit-downs, and we are trying to make our community a better place for all that lives there.
0: So you started My Tribe Rise in 2019. Correct. And to bring people together and meet the needs of the community. And its focus has been on ending gang violence, which starts with changing the name of gang to tribe. Why was that symbolic change from gang to tribe important to you?
2: Like I mentioned earlier, tribe, the acronym I come up with, is a True, Real, Intelligent Brothers Evolving. If you're going to keep the narrative, you know, gangs, we could see that it's a very thin line because now they're talking about these gangs in the sheriff's department and some are our local law enforcement. So if they're gangs, then we must be tribes because we are a tribe of people and we all come from an African descent and those organizations were considered tribes. And that's where I like to put us verbally in that verbiage of no longer re- saying gangs in regards to these tribes. I believe that these law enforcement are gangs
1: when you look up the definition of gangs, the definition does describe what we're seeing in law enforcement as well. But when we're talking about tribe members, I think that the reason why we didn't want to use the word gangs anymore because we wanted to shake off that stigma of violence, but we wanted it to start within us, within each person that. Gangs, gang violence. Let's get that out of our mind and let us come to our community as a tribe that wants to be able to bring resources to our community. Want to be able to be in a bring higher standards of belonging to our community. We wanted to put a positive image in that transformation within tribes.
2: Yes, raising the consciousness of our people.
0: The group was created to facilitate peace between the tribes, like the Bloods and the Crips. Mm-hmm. How do you find common ground with groups that have been from the outside seeming like at war for decades? Well, it's
2: not an easy process and there's no one answer. But what I've noticed and what I've done and implemented is actually you find like-minded people like you from these various tribes. And you guys sit down and you talk about things that can make change. And breaking bread, sitting down, having a meal together, I mean, that breaks a lot of monotony. It opens right, a door for conversation. It, it opens the door for conversation. And a lot of times that's exactly what we lack. Man, just sit down and talk to me. Put your gun down. Can you sit down and talk to me? Can I have one minute? Then try to blow my brains out. But let me talk to you one minute. <laughs> and if I don't change your mind for what I gotta say, then you do what you feel is necessary. There's no way he's gonna pull that gun out. He's gonna listen to what I have to say. Like man, this guy crazy. <laughs> and we cannot be scared of our people. We have to take the initiative, man, and approach our people and just come to him and talk to him with an open heart.
1: And that we are all human beings like when you sit down and have those conversations just as we're sitting with you today James we the energy of feeling the life of another person and and what you say about what are the common grounds the common ground is preserving life when you sit down with another brother or another sister you see this human being this life that just wants to live just like the next and that is a common ground that we all carry is wanting to live and so that's one thing that I love that is mentioned. Put the guns down and let's preserve life.
2: And, and to add to that, I would like to say, you know, our Brothers Connecting Brothers is another resource that program that we do and we have people come together as well as community. Now when I'm saying all this stuff about the tribes, the community is always welcome in. You know, you're even welcome. Alright? And we sit down and we talk about things and we give resources that each one of us may have that can help the next person. And, and we principles. sit down and, 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 and once again, we break bread. We have a meal.
1: And principles that people can use to live better a better life. And not only think of self, but opening up our vision to also care about the next person.
0: I think that's such a powerful message. And it's it's amazing to think about you applying these lessons to folks that had such hatred toward each other. And if you can do that, if you can see that, then how is it limited to someone politically that differs from you? I mean, why can't you sit down at a table like we're doing now. Just put down some of our barriers, right? That's yes. right. Put put right. down our guard. Some
2: of the walls. That's put, yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Take some of the walls down and have a conversation. That's right. And in awe of both of you for taking up this charge and, uh, and making this your mission. It's so much easier for me to break down a wall. Why can't I do that if you guys are doing this in Altadena right. with your brothers? Right.
1: And we feel that that is... That is it right there, is being that example and staying consistent to let's break down walls and build bridges. That's what most of our events and functions and outreach is all about, building bridges amongst differences.
0: One of the things that you've identified as a need of the community In addition to food and mentorship and healthcare, and and obviously we're we're gonna talk about police violence, you talk about purpose and belonging. So why is finding your purpose so important and have your purposes changed over time?
2: I would say my purpose is to be part of this community, bring healing because it's also bringing healing to myself for some of the things I experienced, some of the tragedies and things of that nature. Heavenly, would you like to add?
1: Yeah, I just wanna say that purpose is what Feeds us. It helps us feel like we belong. So many times, whether it's law enforcement, where it's been gang members, whether it's in the church, in so many different ways, we see othering happen, putting, sitting people outside of who we are, outside of self, and we understand that if people. Feel the purpose and belong and connect, that that by itself brings that healing that you were talking about. It and even empowers and compels people to be a part, to join this, this essence of preserving life.
0: Put into practice, you've been involved with distributing housewares, clothes, school supplies, you are sponsoring art, which is like the spread paint not hate, which was, I think, earlier this year. Yes. You talking, Victor, you talked about Brothers Connecting with Brothers Retreat. What have been the most rewarding programs that you've done?
2: All of them have been very great, but I, I, I really like the Christmas, what would you call it?
0: Is it the adoption? The, yeah, yeah, adopt a family.
1: Adopt a family. Where
2: we would, people would. With the adopted family, yeah. we
1: would pick families yeah, who Yeah, they would pick
2: families Low that are family. in need, mm-hmm. low income. And this family actually got a chance to really have some really good Christmas gifts. And I would like to add that this past Christmas with Pastor Chad giving away brand new Nikes to the community.
1: So we do our Christmas program every year. It's it's the adoptive family program and we look for families who are low income, families who are just going through hardships, and we also look for homeless people who are those who are unhoused that maybe are not able to celebrate and have these different gifts. And that of course is one of the programs, but each one of our programs are used to bring us all together, to break down these walls and be able to use that away to as a bridge and also to be able to talk to people and see what their needs are. So I have yeah. to say the most rewarding for me was when we did the spread paint not hate. For one thing I love art and art is another way of communication another way of of life because people share their lives through the art and when we're saying spread paint not hate that's what we're all about is cutting down the the hate that so many of us harbor on and when we all another it was another opportunity for all walks of life whether it was the law enforcement politicians community members tribe members we all came together in one place to paint Mm -hmm. this beautiful mural right down here at metropolitan baptist church um that was very uplifting to me to see all of us come together and stand in that stand together saying no more hate let's stop hate and let's spread paint
0: beautify our community social justice and police reform are critical issues that you you work, both work on you're on a, a zoom call this morning talking about this issue and you've called for a dialogue and transparency from local law enforcement so we talk about this in another podcast but Altinian is a little bit unique because it's unincorporated it's la county which means it's la county sheriffs is the, is the police department but you also work with passing police department heavenly you've written a couple articles in in passing now talking about f- calling for transparency and asking you know, Sheriff Luna to come and talk to you?
2: I would like to clarify something. Yeah, not please. that we're working with Pasadena law enforcement. We are holding them accountable. And or any other officers that are showing misconduct or, or killing our people here in the streets. <laughs> we will hold you accountable. We will right. not work with you.
1: And I see us as a liaison because we know the hurt and pain that the community is experiencing from police violence. It happened to be that this weekend is the In Gun Violence campaign going on all across this country. And I listen to all the different conversations and what they're having on the news about this, but oftentimes I don't hear them talking about police gun violence. And so that's the reason why we wanted to, you know, let the community know, let the law enforcement know, even at our meeting today, there were law enforcement agents there to listen to what the community had to say about putting an end to police gun violence as well.
0: And you both been very vocal on that issue How do you think we can create a better connection with law enforcement so that you can kind of break some of these walls down and create a safer community?
1: I will say yes, we definitely were established before the murder of George Floyd, addressing police accountability, addressing police violence. One thing that we would do was have our walking for peace, where we would bring our dignitaries, our politicians, our community members, our tribes in law enforcement to come and have conversation. And even at those events, we would break bread and we would walk together to say, let's break down these walls, see us as human beings, see us as people come to our village, come to our neighborhood and experience that we are, we deserve civil rights. We deserve to be able to continue living. And let's break down this systematic thought process towards black faces, black people, this systematic racism that we know is a culture within the police department, even within this country. So. We use these opportunities to, and we say it, cure violence by showing each other that we, are, we all want to live. We want the police to know as well. We want to live. And so just as today when we're talking about these pretextual traffic stops that continue to bring our black and brown men and women to a place where they're being murdered, they're being beat, we have to bring attention to it. And that's what we've been doing since the beginning of My Tribe Rise is bringing Bringing attention to police brutality, police violence, because sometimes since that is such a tough topic for so many people to talk about, someone has to stay, keep that on the forefront because I really believe our community members, we're the one who has to say what is acceptable and unacceptable in our streets and in our community and executioners, police executing people on our streets is unacceptable.
2: That, yeah, that, that is right. And i like to add to that, you know, in order to really see the change, we do understand policy needs to change. But if these policies change and these cops are still acting out of policy... Not following the policies. We, we need transparency, and we will hold you accountable. That's all I wanted to say about that.
0: Do you think that the Sheriff's Department the Police Department, and I'm talking about passing and Altadena, do you think that they've been more receptive... In the last couple of years? Before Captain Jabari
1: Williams came up to the Altadena Sheriff Department, we originally started having this dialogue with Captain Jacobs. And I will say that I... I appreciate that she was willing to sit down and listen, willing to see where changes can be made. And I will say that we have, when things would happen on our streets, they would call us and say, you know what, let's talk about areas that we need to clean ourselves up. And I have seen that same in Captain Jabari Williams. He calls, just like today, he was there to sit and listen. and But we are at the place where we don't want you to just listen and keep telling us that it's a learning lesson. We have to see action. We have to see you uh, let us know what discipline has taken place. Make that transparent. What disciplinary actions are taking place, what policies were violated, and where, how you're going to make sure that n- no longer is it acceptable for these policies to be violated. So even, I'll have to say, before we had Chief Perez- Treve Perez, he was a good talker. It sounds good, but he did the opposite than what he said he was going to do when it came to accountability and transparency. I felt like he lied to our community, and that's unacceptable as well. We need our leaders to be honest, and so what I can say is that we appreciate that they sit and listen, but we're going to tell them like it is. Don't come to us lying to us. Don't deceive us. Don't think that we can't see and know what's going on and we know that you guys are covering up. They're at the table. That's a start. Yeah. Law enforcement is coming to the table. That's a start.
2: Well, also keep in mind that you're talking about
0: a, a, a systemic system that we've been fighting for over 100 years plus.
1: And longer. Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, and you can't turn it around just because... Chief Harris came on in January, or or Sheriff Luna came on. It was in the fall. Yeah, Yeah. just election. Yeah, you can't you can't solve the issue in six months, seven months. Not at all. Yeah, but you're taking the first step. Yes, and you're asking them to, to take the first step as well.
1: And we want to say we have a host of community partners who are also taking these steps with us. And we encourage the community to continue to take steps. Do not allow for black and brown people to be murdered and killed on your watch. Speak up, say something, come out to these meetings, send emails, letters to your dignitaries, to your politicians, to your assembly members, to those that need to know we're watching you and we are not allowing this to happen on our watch.
2: That's
0: right. My Tribe Rise has shared that peace means positive energy activates constant elevations. How do you, by example, live that message? It's a pretty easy answer, actually, based on this conversation thus far.
1: Well, we live it through what we're doing in the community. And I have to say, we face many challenges. And I have to say personally for myself, there's times where my feelings are a little elevated to the point I may want to project something that is not as kind. But I have to say that I've learned during this time of even being a part of my tribe, rise to take that pause. Yeah. And a lot of times when we see different things escalating in the community, taking a pause is the best de-escalation policy that you can put in. Is Take a pause before mm-hmm. you react. Right. And so within this social justice movement, not all of us move the same. And that sometimes there are a little challenges and frictions and differences. And we do our best to still stand in peace. And sometimes it's just meaning being quiet. And waiting for our opportunity to say something that could bring some healing to a situation. So, our way of living it is living it. Mm -hmm. That's really, that really is what it is. It's really doing it, being positive. We stay in a positive mindset. We really do.
2: Yeah, it could be challenging at times. I mean, don't, let's not get it twisted. It can be challenging at times. But, you know, we do have a mission in front of us. We are about community, you know, we are about transparency. So we're going to keep moving in that direction. And we're about peace.
0: And we're about peace. Are there any policies that you're advocating for that you think would help improve community safety? The thing about it is
2: this. This is what I'm saying. We know in order to see change, policy need to change. But if the officers don't follow policy, I mean, we're right back where we started, and that becomes a problem in our community, and that becomes a problem with us. What's the exact answer? I don't know, but I know we will continue to move how we've been moving and moving forward in holding people accountable that are not being right in their positions.
1: Not following the policies that are already in place. And so, yeah, we agree that there are policies that should change. We are really focusing on these pretextual stops that... W- one of one of the police officers told us that when they pull someone over for not having a front license plate like they did with Anthony McLean, that we know that if they give that person a ticket, it doesn't even hold up in court. So these some of these policies and laws and th- things that they have put in place are are used for harassment, but not necessarily used to keep police accountable. So we are focusing on a charter change in Pasadena because we kept hearing our mayor of Pasadena, we kept hearing the city council and the police chief say they kept passing the buck, saying it's not on us, we don't have the authority. So we are talking to folks to Create a committee that will focus on giving the city council, the mayor, the authority to fire employees, city employees who violate people's civil rights, who violate policy that are already in place who are killing and murdering and beating our citizens in in this area so there are also some ab policies that are being put out with some of our community partners that are on our website that we are asking folks um, call in write in and support so you can find
0: those on our website
2: and our website is org. So
0: in addition to kind of the police reforms, what kind of policies do you think would be helpful to the community in terms of do we need more affordable housing, do we need more mental health services, that kind of stuff? I, That's I all, would, the above. All, all the above. The above. Yeah, yeah. Check it, check yeah, We, we definitely it. need all of the above.
1: Yeah. I really want to bring this up because this incident recently happened, the murder of Charles Towns right here in Altadena. Actually, Captain Jabari told us, they didn't even have anyone to call when it came to a mental health response team. They were familiar with Charles Towns dealing with mental health issues or mental well-being but they didn't even have anyone to call yes that is definitely something that needs to be available to law enforcement to the community where mental health response teams can come immediately i think supervisor barger who has recently really focused on mental health right here in los angeles means in the la county which is altadena and also in pasadena but we had a meeting with her team about this and Mentioned to us how important it is for law enforcement to have immediate access to mental health. I also know, you know, when incidents come and they know that someone is going through a mental crisis, because Anthony, excuse me, Charles Towns was going through a mental crisis, and we all saw it happen. We saw it unfold. The police only response is to shoot and kill. That is unacceptable. And and yeah, so
2: and that's a problem that we have in i can't say this enough why are these encounters always being faced with lethal force it has to be another way because you are taking this person's life you're taking them away from their children their family you know you don't know what's going on like you say you know mental health is is another big issue A big you issue. know and you, so is
1: housing you mentioned yeah, housing. housing housing as well. because we know that's the the Pasadena police harass people who are unhoused. And when, you're, when you harass them and then things get escalated, next thing you know, someone gets hurt. And so these are all things that definitely need to be looked at. I'm thankful for what I do see happening in Pasadena when it comes to housing reform. I know they just had this. I know Ryan and Brian and Brandon just really worked hard to get this housing component added to the charter so these are things we know need to be addressed we just have to be consistent we also need the communities to be consistent and mobilized to keep these things in the forefront that we're we're watching and it must happen i i believe that sometimes when we fall back and don't keep the pressure on that they fall back too we have to keep the pressure on these points that you just brought up housing mental Mental health. health and transparency within Law enforcement. Law enforcement.
0: It's interesting you bring up keeping the pressure on. I was thinking, I was reviewing these notes last night, because you both visited Alabama recently Mm -hmm. on a pilgrimage, and that's a question I I added later on, but where you went through and and visited several incredibly important monuments to the civil rights movement. And I was thinking about a quote from Martin Luther King, I mean, the arc of moral justice is... Is long, but it bends. I was listening to someone the other day saying that it, it bends slowly, but it can bend back.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, that's good. That's and true. And
0: because of that, because it's some, wow. there's, there's some flexibility in mm-hmm. there. You have to keep that pressure on, yeah, in order to keep that from bending back to where it came from. Yeah. yeah. And
1: I feel like we hear in the conversations now how things are bending back. We hear about what's happening in Florida. And of course, even what's happening right now, when we can continue to let black and brown people be murdered, that's bending back versus moving, being progressive to put an end to it. Our pilgrimage in Alabama was life-changing for us. And I just want to make this point. We realize that the narratives that we are given by American history or those who are the... Is those incorrect. Who, are, who Those who are putting the story out, there's another narrative happening it's the truth we were we found out about so many things that we never had heard and we felt like we're pretty familiar with what has happened with this fight for racial justice this civil rights movement we felt like we were really informed but there's so much about it that we're not taught in our schools we're not taught in this educational system and i feel like it's not taught because people sometimes they don't really want us to know the actual truth of how how nasty it is yeah how
2: nasty it is I like to add to that it's painful you know that pilgrimage to Alabama really really hit home and I do want to share something and most of the listeners out there are probably aware of this remember the bombing in Alabama with the two young little girls the four girls four four girls Mm -hmm. two hours prior it was two young men that were murdered by the police as well the same same day were you aware of that no Okay, well, that's what we learned there. So you could see how they put one narrative out there, but then it's another truth. And we went and seek the truth. So I just want to say it's two educations we receive in this world the one that's given to us, then the one we seek for ourselves. And right. the one we seek for ourselves will probably supersede
0: 90% of what we've been taught.
1: Exactly, exactly. And,
0: and we live in California. You know, we don't live someplace where, I'm like, I mean, I'm going to throw shit at Florida for obvious reasons. There's a lot more education here than in other parts of the country, mm-hmm. but there's so much more we can be doing, right? Like you said, yeah. having the story about the two black kids that were killed by yeah. the police. Prior. Prior, yeah, prior, to the, the, prior to the bombing of the church. I mean, yeah. egregiously
1: being it was, it was horrible. Yeah. yeah. All on the same day and we never yeah, heard about day. it.
0: Let's move in a positive direction. We're gonna mm-hmm. shift gears to talk yeah. about your event around Juneteenth. It's two weeks from today. Yeah,
2: June seventeenth yes. is the actual
0: date. Can you talk a little bit about that? How it came to be? Yes. This is the third annual event.
2: Yes. Yeah. Go ahead, Heavenly.
0: You you put it all together. I, I
1: <laughs> love this day that has now been made a national holiday, Juneteenth. Our event is this year. The theme is focus on celebrating justice and freedom for African Americans here in Dina. We know that there's still a lot of steps that need to be made to really, for all of us to feel protected, free, and and living in liberty. But I want to say that this day is a day for all those different Differences that we have just talked about come to one place, whether there's tribes, lawmakers, law enforcers, all of us come together to hear what our people, African American, black faces, have been through, what progress is we have seen, what progress we have seen, and what we need to do, what steps we need to take further. Really a place for us to feel like we are free and that we are protected and that we are Our history, Black history, is American history. And this is a time for all of us to come together. So we have come up with Dina Juneteenth, meaning bringing all of Altadena and Pasadena together in one place to celebrate the fact that we are free and that we demand that that be shown.
0: So how will this celebration be different than previous years?
1: What's important to me about Dina Juneteenth is supporting local black businesses. And so we have a host of local black businesses who are... We'll be there as vendors selling things for Father's Day because the next day is Father's Day. Day, So we will have a Father's Day appreciation happening. We'll be giving out Father's Day gifts. What's happening different this year as well is we have several of our dignitaries coming through to share that they stand with us, stand with the black community. And this year, the first time Mayor of Pasadena, Pasadena Mayor Victor Gordo, has done a proclamation claiming this day as Dina Juneteenth here in the Pasadena-Alsadena area. Dina Juneteenth is a family-friendly event. It is for everyone to come together and celebrate this American history of when enslaved people were set free. And we'll get a little more into what Juneteenth is all about, the day of, because... Honestly, the Emancipation Proclamation was not really for black people. And I don't think that everybody really know that. We were able to use what they put in the 13th Amendment for our civil rights. But we were never really meant to be free when that was put in place. And so we'll be talking about all those things, which is American history. So this is for everyone to come out. To celebrate how far we've come, and see how, and make steps to progress when it comes to civil rights within our Black communities.
2: Yeah, what's that? The Thirteenth, Fourteenth Amendment. You are free until you commit a crime. Is the Fourteenth Thirteenth? Yeah, I think, I think that's so. That's the Fourteenth? Yeah, the Fourteenth. Yeah, Fourteenth. Yeah, yeah, that's something to talk about.
1: Yeah, and the, we will be talking about that as well. How until you commit a crime, and it's just interesting that. A crime really was just being black or being a person of color and you could be locked up but I don't know if we wanted to get all, no, into, that right get all now, into that right now but we podcast. those different subjects will be brought up at Dina Juneteenth but we also want to know it's gonna be a day of celebration we're gonna have a whole lot of fun we're gonna have live performances and we're gonna have we and all is welcome. is welcome we're gonna have live music we're gonna have sound healing we're gonna have poetry and open mic it's gonna be a great day of celebration in all types of Fun, interactive activities for the kids.
0: Since you brought up supporting black businesses in Altadena and Pasadena, the community has seen an exodus of black families. You live this, so you you understand this better than I do. How can we keep black families in Pasadena and Altadena, and is there a way to bring more families back?
1: I wanna say this one thing. Black families who own land in Pasadena, do not sell your, in Pasadena and Altadena, do not sell your property. Because I, we have noticed that a lot of families who end up selling their homes here in Altadena and Pasadena, now they can never afford to come back here. So if you own property here in Altadena and Pasadena, black people keep your property because that is where we that's that is where we grow is by actually owning property and owning land and yes we have James seen the difference we've seen so many of our black community members who no longer can afford to live up here have to go to the IE area have to go up to Victorville how do how can our black people sustain we're just hoping that there be more job availability that can even offer the amount of wages that can af- give us money to afford to live out here or they need to bring these prices down
2: bring the prices down but now you're moving into a field of reparations then we reparations can and
1: we will be talking about that too
2: <laughs> it's coming
0: So as you kind of move toward the close of this conversation, one thing that I'm always trying to do is better myself. We talked about this before we started the, the recording, which was, you know, I have four young children. I'm trying to build a better world for them than the one I had. And I had a pretty good one. Let's all just be fair. As a middle-aged white guy, I mean, brown hair, blue eyes. I mean, you can't get I'm I have a beard. I'm middle-aged. I mean, you can't get whiter than me. Let's be honest. I, I drive a minivan. It's the whole thing. My, but my path has been very different than yours. But because of this and because of the community, our paths have crossed. And I'm grateful for that intersection. Yes. And so how can people like me, how can, how can I be a better voice in the community? And how can I be an ally to My Tribe Rise and all that you're doing?
2: Well, we and, appreciate the platform that you're giving us right now. That's that's being an ally and knowing that you do have children and you do want them to be raised a certain way. You want them to get along with everyone. And understand. Regardless of race or color, Mm -hmm. you know? And I believe you'll do a good job in that. And we are here to support that and support you in that journey.
1: And I'll say that these conversations, I feel like oftentimes the white community are not having these conversations at their tables. They're not addressing these issues that we see right on television. We'll see it on television, but our parents following up with their family, with their children about what's happening when it comes to police violence, when it comes to racial tension and hate crimes. That's where it starts. It's in our homes. Right. And so you're already doing that by having these conversations. I know your family knows that you're reaching out and having these conversations about these different racial issues and racial topics that are happening and I I really believe that's where it starts, is having conversations at home, these difficult, controversial conversations right at home. And that way, even our children can be more comfortable to address it and know that they have the support of their family and parents to talk about it and address
0: it. We've all been raised in tribes, right? However you want to define right. it. Right. Exactly. And... For the most part, we all kind of agree. I mean, we have some differences here and there, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, we probably agree on most things. Mm -hmm. You know, so how do we focus on that 80% and not the 20% 20 that we don't get along with? Well, I think
2: in regards to the things that we do with My Tribe Rise, the Brothers Connecting Brothers, Juneteenth, you know, bringing community together because everybody's a part of. We don't leave no one out. And And I think that's a start.
1: Right. And we create safe space for families to talk about it, no matter what race you are. This is a safe space to have these conversations and even be an example of we're building bridges and not in, in, in breaking down walls. I think that we, each one of us, all families have to take those steps to show even their children their friends, because a lot of times it's their friends that they may not be comfortable to have the conversation with. So invite them out to one of the events because these conversations happen and we make sure that people feel like they belong in these conversations. And we want to have those difficult conversations and then bring healing. I, I really believe that that's a way to get it started. Those connections, those bridges is by bringing us in one place and having these conversations. James, I just have to say really quick that, Cause a close friend of mine, I remember and he's a white a white guy, and he told me, Well, heavenly, I love you so much, but if I was to bring you to my to my family, they would not receive you the same way. They they have those conversations of calling black people out of their name and as and it's the norm. And I said, Well, you should be the one that says this is unacceptable to talk about another living being this way to put them in this put this in in this place of othering that as if you just stay away from them have conversations with your friends have conversations with your family members let's break down these walls and stay even stop stop these hate crimes that's happened just within our four walls within our households
0: I mean a lot of what we've talked about is is kind of police policy and stuff like that but it starts doesn't start with the police policy. It starts with our homes, right? Yes. And that mindset is there. Yes. And so in order to erase what's outside, you got to erase what's inside. Yeah. And so that, it all starts, you know, in the four walls that we were raised in. When Agreed. You th- when you think about the next year or next five years, what are your plans for My Tribe Rise and what are you hopeful for about the future?
1: One of our main plans, we actually have seen it come to fruition or come to park. We do something called Peace in the Park Dina. And we have been working right here at Charles White Park for probably about four years. Um, four years ago when we started going there was a lot of gang activity there. There were unhoused people living there. And as of today, all 23 people who were living in that park now have housing, now have jobs. None of them are even living at that park. As a matter of fact, they just come out when we're having events to volunteer and help us be a part. That is a sense of belonging and bringing people in. And so that's where we want to expand. We want to expand Peace in the Park to different parks that bring people together. We see ourselves. We're also looking for brick and mortar. We do want to have our own space. But we really love being out in the community, kind of not in four walls, because we go to all the parks throughout Altagena, Pasadena, Los Angeles County. We go to all the places where we know and hear and see that there is a need. So we actually like that freedom. And that's where we want to expand. We want to, we're needing more volunteers. We're hoping that it comes to a place where we have funding to be able to hire people to actually help us expand. Because right now we truly are volunteers and and we understand that it's a process to get there. But that's what we look forward to, being able to have employees, a larger team of volunteers that can spread out throughout Los Angeles County.
0: That's
2: our vision. That's a vision for the next five years.
0: So if you could design a perfect day in Altadena or Pasadena, I'll, I'll, I'll expand it to Pasadena. From breakfast to late night, what would you do? Where would you go and what would you eat and drink? I'll go first. Definitely
2: community, the whole community. Everybody come. Come us at the park. We're going to have a, a pancake. We love the park. Yeah, we're going to have a pancake breakfast in the park in the morning. Then for lunch, we're going to have, I don't know, burgers and fries, maybe. Oh, and, 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 uh, and pull out the barbecue pit. pull out the barbecue pit. And just fellowship. Love on one another. Start dialogue. Because what I notice in this community, a lot of times you'll see, you know, your group of black people, your group of Caucasian people, no one may not approach each other, even say hello, to start a dialogue. Some and, of us don't know where each other stand with Do they care for white people? Do they care for black people? No one want to cross that threshold, so we will be the liaison to step in that space. But, yeah, and for dinner, I don't know, stinks. (laughs) (laughs) You You know, know, I feel— But just fellowshipping, you know, in the community, just having a fun day all day— you know because there's no reason why we shouldn't come to a park and our kids and our family everyone's invited and and we're having fun no bullets are flying man this is a safe space for everyone and that's how all communities throughout the globe should be
1: how good of a feeling is that when you see the children playing and running around and laughing on the the different equipment around like as we look around and and what Victor said, we make it a point that even if we see someone that seems like maybe they're of a different race, we make a point to, hey, how you doing? And even invite, we may even bring over a dish because we we want to do what we can to connect. So when I think of a the perfect day, I, I think of when we did Peace in the Park, where we did literally have a breakfast for everyone to eat for free. And it was excellent food. We had games and, and water games and And because you mentioned the sun is out, we love water games when the sun is out and we have people singing and dancing, playing card games. That to me is a great day of coming together, connecting, having fun. I love it. We have a lot of great days, actually.
2: (laughs) A lot of great days. Just Keep that up.
1: (coughs) James, thank you so much for having us today. Thank you for, so much for what you're doing with Crown City P- Podcast. This is a way that we that you are helping us connect with the community, the community connect with us. Thank you so much for meeting us here in Altadena.
0: Yeah, on this beautiful day. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you very much for all that you do in the community for Altadena and Pasadena and since you're you've been all over today. You've been in Long Beach and all over <laughs> for all of Los Angeles. I mean, I think it's it's incredible that but you always come back to Altadena cuz that's your home. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I want to thank you again for all the work you do, for your bringing your mission of bringing people together. That's so important. And for coming on the podcast, I really appreciate it.
1: May we please give a quick shout out to all of our community partners who have been there throughout the past four or five years supporting us because we know that without you, we would not have been as impactful as we have, that it takes a village, it takes a team, it takes all of us, it takes a tribe for us to come out here and connect and impact the community in a positive way. And yes, we do say peace, positive energy activates constant elevation, and we do it through love. Listen, observe, value, and embrace. And thank you again for having us.
0: My many thanks to Heavenly and Victor for coming on the show. It was an honor to sit and talk with them at a park that was once associated with the Altadena Black Crips and is now a place for children to play and a neighborhood to come together. They are true to their message of peace, that positive energy activates constant elevation, and are always generous and willing to engage in conversations to bring about common ground. As we were wrapping up, they were curious about a children's art workshop that was set up just down the hill from us. So they went to their car for materials to spread their message of hope.
2: Yeah. I definitely want to go down there and speak with TMT what they got going because their easel stuff that's what we're supposed
1: to be doing I want to say s- did somebody have that beforehand? we're going to have that at okay. our event too but I want to see who's doing it here Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We're gonna go down here. I it takes dedication but building bridges is what they're all about for more information and to support Heavenly and Victor please follow them on social media and visit mytriberise.org let us all use our positive energy to bring down the walls of our individual tribes to become a community of one. This episode was special for many reasons. In addition to having an engaging conversation with Heavenly and Victor, I'm proud to welcome a new music partner to the show. The featured song is All Right Here by the Pasadena based wife and husband duo The Next Doors. All Right Here is from Mika and Russell's debut album, Linda Vista which was released last year. Please follow them on social media and check out nextdoormusic.com for their next live shows. There are so many people that keep this show going. First, I want to thank my Patreon sponsors. I really appreciate your continued support. Second, to my family for all their love to keep this project alive. And finally, to all that listen, from all my heart, thank you. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show or supporting it through direct sponsorship or Patreon. This is the only podcast that has never been supported by a mattress company, Athletic Greens, or a meal kit. I would love your comments, feedback, and suggestions. You can reach me at at jamesatthecrowncdpodcast.com and follow me on Instagram. Until next time, please remember to stay well, make peace your mission, And as always, see you around town. Do you like podcasts? No. No. Okay, Dad? Because. Why don't you? They're weird. Okay. I'm going to start over. Start over. Okay. Do you like podcasts? No. Why don't you like podcasts?
1: Because they are boring. Okay.